What's the good news, Misfits? It's me, Jamar, the Money Misfits. Want to give you a quick shout before this episode gets started. We're on vacation for the month of August, and we will get back going with brand new episodes in September. Today, we're going to do a a rebroadcast, so to speak, of one of our most popular or, you know, controversial episodes, I should say. Uh, And we'll be doing that for the month of August. In the meantime, here's what we got for you. If you head over to the website, if you've not become a misfit yet, go ahead and do that. We did a credit webinar or online class uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago that was off the chain. Now, my performance wasn't so great, but the information was off the chain. If you want to get that replay, uh, become a misfit and the replay is available for you in the back office and your own personal uh, dashboard, but it's only for the month of August. Okay, so go ahead and get that signed up. It will only be available for the month of August before I pull it back down and maybe do something different. Uh, secondly, marriage and money. If you're married and you make money and you want to be better at that, consider signing up for our marriage and money interest list. Uh, you can also find that on the website at yourmoneyright.com. Sign up for that. That will be our pilot program. We're going to be looking for just a few couples who want to help us get this thing started, who want to get tailor-made uh, financial. I guess coaching is 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 kind of what it may end up being like. But basically, we're going to let you get into our business, get into our finances. We're going to share our numbers. We're going to share what we do, how we do, how to talk to one another. We're going to talk about credit. We're going to talk about uh, cash flow, how to maximize it, how to make the most out of every dollar. We're not going to be talking about couponing and stuff like that, but we're going to talk about the big things that matter. And also the most important part of that is we're going to talk about the things that you want to talk about. And by you being involved, you'll help me create a course and a curriculum that will help the most people possible. So head over to yourmoneyright.com, become a misfit. If not, you can still sign up for the marriage of money, uh, membership or not membership the marriage money interest list to let us know because as long as we get enough people interested we'll go forward if not we'll hold off on that and uh, we'll do it at another time but anyway you know that's my passion but today's episode was a good one speaking of marriage and money it's joint account versus uh, separate bank accounts in marriage Uh, and this one was quite controversial I got a few emails about this but if you hadn't heard it go ahead and take a listen and I hope you enjoy again thanks for listening and God bless. You just clicked into the Get Your Money Right podcast. It's the show where we talk about money like it's everybody's business. Today, in episode three, we discuss the age-old debate. Should we have joint accounts or separate accounts in marriage? Let's get it. P.S. P.S. What's the good news, people? Welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business. Because I truly believe we're not good with money because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I am your host, the money misfit, Jamar Dupas, and I'd like to thank you first and foremost for lending me your ear from wherever you are. If this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome. Uh, in this show, we typically cover four major topics, and that includes lifestyle design, 
money management, marriage, and legacy. And it's all from a perspective of being married, having careers, kids, and ambitions to do more and get more out of life. And realizing that we don't quite fit into the mainstream's ideas and tactics when it comes to money because clearly what they have for us don't tend to work. And usually what they have for us is not really for us. They come from a different perspective. So we come from that perspective of, of being really in real life, and we want to talk about it. So uh, if you like anything you hear on the show or if you would like to hear certain topics from us, please come on over to uh, yourmoneyright.com. Or you hit me up on Twitter at Jamar Dupas and, and let me know. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what you think about it. And that's Jamar spelled J-A-R-M-A-R and it's D-U-P-A-S. Or real simply, you can just go over to yourmoneyright.com and you can find all my contact information over there. So with that being said, we're going to get right into it today. Today's topic is going to be a pretty juicy one, right? And will probably be one of the more popular ones because a lot of people struggle with it or question whether or not they're doing it right. So today we're going to tackle the long-standing question that married folks everywhere have to decide on. And that is, when it comes to our money, should we have a joint account or separate accounts? And I've got real strong opinions about this subject, but before the gloves come off and we really get into it, let me first give a shout-out to my main man, the legend, the super producer, Michael Lowry, man. If you bobbed your head to the music that came on and introduced this show, if you liked it, if it felt groovy to you, Michael is the guy, the legend, the man that created it. He produced it and even laid the vocals on this track. And I'm so excited about it. Every I can listen to it over and over. I know it's a little bit biased but because it's my show. But, man, when he gave me that track, I was just like, man, this is it. The guy's a genius. But anyway, so I want to give a shout-out to him. That's Michael Lowry. Y'all got to hit him up. Let him know how you feel about it. If you do like the track, hit him up. Let him know. Tell him you heard it and you love it and keep doing what he's doing because I think everybody needs to know that there are good people out there that are talented that can do things. We need to encourage them and we need to link up and get together and and continue to help people do stuff. And that's Michael Lowry. That's M-I-C-A-L-E-L-A-W-R-Y. Just look him up. He's on Facebook. Hit him up or you can just Google him. His name will come up. You, you can hear some of his stuff. But yeah, let him know. Let him know what you think. Show him some love. So with that being said, let's really get into it, right? Let's get on with the show. Join account versus separate banking accounts, right? And I'm particularly fired up about this conversation because it merges two subjects that I'm pretty passionate about, and that's money and marriage. Both are real vital parts of our lives, right? And we, we, but we talk so little about them. You know, I mean, think about this. How many classes or courses have you taken on these subjects, right? And when you do hear somebody talking about them, there's a good chance they're just probably complaining. And the truth is, don't nobody want to hear that. And it's weird how it's so important to our well-being and it these two subjects make so many decisions or or the basis of so many decisions in our lives. But for the most part, we're just kind of forced to go at it on our own, right? And with that usually comes the confusion, right? So today, I hope to eliminate some confusion, you know, as it relates to that topic anyway. So here's how we're going to do it. First, uh, we're going to cover the issues with marriage and money, right? Like, you know, the, the main stuff that we hear about all the time. And then we're going to tackle the pros and cons of having joint accounts. And then of course the pros and cons of having separate accounts. And finally, we're going to go over 
you know, the practical steps, the stuff you can apply right now to end any confusion and later rest the argument on which is best because there is a best way. Don't get it twisted. But first, we got to start with a few assumptions, right? So the, the first assumption assumes that, one, you are married and you want to be married, right? You, you want to be in this thing. And just also that you're not in a, an abusive or dangerous uh, type of relationship uh, because uh, this is assuming that the relationship is generally healthy. If you're uh, in an abusive relationship, you get help, right? Get yourself and your loved ones to a safe place. That's not something to play around with. So we're assuming that we're not in that situation, okay? This is not the show for that. It's going to tackle that particular subject, right? But this is the show we're going to tackle basically assuming that you're in a fairly healthy relationship, right? And then uh, you also believe in marriage in the traditional biblical sense, right? And that the husband and wife are one. Right. And you you intend to remain one until death do you part, you know, as much as you possibly can. And then lastly, we're going to assume that you want an extraordinary marriage. You don't want something that just works. Right. Oh, it just works for us. You you don't want to be average. You know, everybody fights about money. And a lot of times that end up in divorce. But we don't want to do that. Right. That's what the average couple does. We don't want to do that. So. You know, we've all heard the stats, right? We've heard the numbers that uh, when it comes to divorce, money problems are amongst the top causes, right? It's up there. It's up there, right? And and, and with money, there's all these other issues that kind of roll into it because, you know, people tend to grow apart and there's that infidelity and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, there's there's a million issues that you can have around money, but the big ones are usually like the miscommunication around it, not having enough of it, maybe even having too much of it. Because now, you know, she or, or he nowadays, you want to want to take half, you know, and then there's, like I said before, that financial infidelity and just just the downright lack of truck for trust, lack of trust for whatever reason. And that's just na- name a few. So, you know, back in the day when you got married, you know, having a joint account was pretty much a no brainer, right? It's just, just the thing you did, you know, also earlier on, or even in like ancient history, uh, women didn't typically work outside or at least away from the home, especially when they were raising young children. So who had, who had to handle or who handled what was kind of already in place back in the day. Right. But today we have so many options, right? Both husband and wife are working, you know, gender roles are kind of blurred and, and that whole thing creates conflict in itself. Uh, being politically correct and trying not to be left out pretty much today just rules the land, right? And with so much information out there to read and consume, we often get overwhelmed because, you know, just face it, we're all just trying to do the right thing. We're just trying to get through life and not mess up too much, right? But in that and through our life experiences, especially those of us that's coming from broken homes and, and stuff like that, seeing people get divorced, get done wrong, you know, there's now this undertone of you better protect yourself because, you know, you never know. Right. And it comes and when it comes to separate banking accounts in marriage. And I know of some uh, some of it ain't really all that deep, but some people just, you know, really haven't given it much thought. Right. They simply it's just what they were doing before they got marriage and it seems to work. So, you know, why fix what ain't broken? You just keep doing what you're doing. So, you know, what we want to do now is kind of let's get into the pros and cons and to kick it off. We'll start with the pros and cons of having a joint account. 
And by joint account, I mean all your money you make comes into one account and y'all spend it from there. So what are the pros? Some of these may seem obvious, but I'm sure somebody is going to say, you know, going to listen to this and say, you know, I never even thought about that. So we're going to go through it anyway. And there's not that many, but we'll slide through these pretty quick. But the first pro of having a joint account is a married, a married couple having a joint account basically says to one another, I trust you, or at least I'm trying to, right? Not only in their words, but with their money. And that's a huge deal psychologically, right? Because you got to put your money where your mouth is. And, and people don't necessarily believe what you say. They believe what you do. And if you're afraid to join money, there's some undertone there. You, you might want to reconsider. Uh, the second pro about that is both parties are clear about how much they have or don't have, right? <laughs> and uh, with that, there's very little room for doubt and uncertainty, which, you know, basically is the devil's playground, right? That whole idle mind thing, not being certain, not sure, and that imagination just gets to gets to running, and you don't want your imagination to get to run, especially if you, if you or your spouse have a history of, you know, being kind of, you know, insecure and stuff like that. That's a dangerous situation. But also a joint account brings couples together, right? And that could be a good or a bad thing. And let me explain. Some people, well, maybe it brings them together. But typically what it does is it just forces everyone, you know, basically to come to the table, make decisions about how they're going to handle the money. Now, that could be a good thing or could not be a good thing, especially if, they got a history of anxiety around money, but we'll talk about that. We'll touch on that a little bit later, but what about the cons of having a joint account? Right? So, so far it sounds like the thing to do for married people is to have a joint account, but like all things, there's that other side of it. Right? So one of the biggest issues with having a joint account is feeling like your money is being controlled or beholden to another person and people losing themselves, quote unquote, losing themselves has turned out to be a pretty big deal. And there's a lot of emotion around that, right, about uh, being who you are, being independent and not losing yourself. And we, you know, just face it, we work hard for our money. Right. And to be told what to do with it, it just ain't going to fly. I mean, after you after all, you grown. Right. And we spend our whole lives, you know, our young life, teenage life, trying to get the heck out of the house because we don't want nobody telling us what to do with our money. So another con of having a joint account is that it may just be harder to do. Right. A large portion of us just don't like talking about money. So we avoid it at all costs. And if a joint account forces couples to come together and talk about money and they don't feel comfortable doing it, you can already see how that, you know, that's the perfect storm or the, that has the ingredients for a good old fashioned money fight. Right. And next, a joint account won't allow you to secretly shop. And this is, you know, this is more like a personal thing for me because I can't really go out and get something for my wife and her not knowing it, you know, especially nowadays, you know, you get these alerts on your phone. Like you can't, you can't even hand your card to a teller before an alert comes in your phone. Say, Hey, somebody just about to swipe your card, you know? So, uh, one of those issues is you can't really secret shop. And there's some of y'all who want to secret shop for the wrong reasons, but I'm just going to leave that right there. Anyway, you can forget about the surprises and stuff like that for birthdays and things. You got to you got to be creative, but it makes it harder to do that. So those are basically the pros and cons of having a joint bank account. Right now, there is more. But just because of the sake of time, we're going to run through those. Right. So what about 
having separate accounts, right? Many hardcore married folks will say, you know, you get married, you're one, and therefore everything has to be on one accord and everything is shared. Everything from checking accounts to Facebook profiles. Y'all, y'all know people out there that they got shared Facebook profiles. But the truth is we still are individuals, right? And we have individual needs. Uh, so let's start with the benefits of having separate accounts. And by separate, I mean each of you make your own money and you share, you split the bills 50-50, but you still keep your own accounts and do what you will what's left. That's kind of basic you know, the basic scenarios that I've been hearing about. So what are the pros? Well, first, you get to keep yours yours, right? You contribute what's necessary, and you don't have to answer anyone else on what to do with the rest. You know, having your own money is empowering. I mean, it's the reason most of us got jobs and got out of the house in the first place. We got tired of asking mama for a little change of gas money to get around, so we start working our own. And with separate accounts, you're forced to practice money management, right? You're forced to manage your money as opposed to being able to pawn it off on someone else if the accounts are joint, And which I, I do see that a lot and hear that a lot that, you know, one spouse is really involved. The other spouse don't want to be involved at all. All they want to know is it just works and that the money's going to be there when they need to be there. But having a separate accounts kind of forces you to manage the money and see what's in there. And that in the long run helps you. Nobody benefits from avoiding managing money, right? You really don't benefit from avoiding anything, right? That, that neglect doesn't get you anywhere. But one of the big reasons people give for having separate accounts is that if, God forbid, you were to separate for whatever reason, it would be easier for you to get out or separate and get by. You know, having a little something on the side for yourself is something many of us were told to have as we were raised, right? So we were told that, look, you saw how your daddy did this, or you saw how your mama did this, or your uncle and them did that. Things don't always work out. You need to put something on your side just in case. And though people mean well, it could, it's kind of, it's, it's really scarred us for the most part, especially those of you in my generation that, that, you know, we're hitting these, we're hitting in those thirties and stuff like that. We grew up, a lot of us grew up in homes that weren't at picture perfect, if you know what I mean. So, what about the cons? What what are the what are the, the pitfalls of having separate accounts? Well, they're basically the opposite of of the pros of having joint accounts, right? If having joint accounts promote trust in your marriage, having separate accounts can have the opposite effect. Now, I'm not saying that happens all the time, but you set the environment up to do that, right? And with separate and especially secret accounts, you're saying to your spouse, "I don't trust this." And it may not even be personal. It's not like I don't trust you. It could just be the lack of trust in the institution of marriage in general, as I was just touching on. You know, and there's, like I said, there's plenty of horror stories to go around, and we've all heard them, right? So that's one of them. The other, another con is that it can create competition. And competition in marriage is no good, especially if you are uh, in a marriage with a real competitive person. If you're married to a competitive person and you're not competitive, that can get real tough because you're going to lose, right? And competitive people want to win at all costs. And that cost could be a lot more than anyone really wants to pay. So got to be careful with that. And the last con we'll leave at this is that it can create uh, resentment, especially in cases where one spouse isn't working or loses their job or something like that. You know, if you like most people and you've grown accustomed to living on dual incomes and you spend just about all of it, (laughs) 
or even more every month. When one of those incomes are gone, it creates a great deal of stress. And one of the problems with the 50-50 mentality is you feel like partners and that as long as, long as you're doing your half, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And when your partner comes up short, that's when the resentment tends to show up. And you think, well, you know, why should I be punished because of you or, or and vice versa, right? The person who lost that income is already going to be dealing with the insecurity surrounding that issue alone. Now, they're not, quote unquote, holding up their end, to the, end of the bargain. When they're not doing that, it gets worse. And if you don't think this will or can happen to you, let me share with you uh, that, and this is according to the United States Department of Labor, their latest numbers that they have recorded, and that's from 2014, state that the average time on the job is 4.7 years or for men and 4.5 years for women. It's even shorter if you're like me in between the ages of 25 and 34, which the median stands right at three years. Now, this is due to many factors, but the point is it could happen, right? We don't work and keep jobs uh, steady for 30, 40 years like our parents and grandparents did at some point. Times have changed, right? So there's a great chance that one income at some point or another may come up missing. And if you have that 50-50 mentality, that resistance, that resentment, excuse me, that resentment has a chance, a good chance of creeping in there when it gets through those those tough times, right? So with all that out on the table, we've talked about the pros and cons, right? Should you go with a joint account or separate accounts? And the answer may seem real obvious, especially after I just laid out the pros and cons and kind of gave my own personal, my own personal feeling towards it, but... But, but, there's a big but. If you remember back in episode one, uh, Lessons from a Rich Dad, that we talked about, there were two dads, a rich dad and a poor dad. And Kiyosaki had the privilege of learning from both dads or learning from both perspectives. He didn't learn from either or, but he learned from both. And if you've known me for any amount of time, you'll know I'm not an either or type of person, right? I am an and person. Right. I, I, I like to get and not just either or. For example, if you state I have to choose between cake or ice cream, I'm going to choose cake and ice cream. Right. How can I have the best of both? And just like we had just like he had the rich dad and a poor dad to learn from, we can learn from those who have had joint accounts and we can learn from those who have separate accounts. Right. Neither of which are necessarily right or wrong. Though I encourage you joint if you must choose between one or the other. But it's really all in the execution, right? Because I know people that have joint accounts and they struggle, right? They, you know, they'll have like one debit card and you got to share the debit card. And then if you don't have the debit card when you're out trying to shop, it's a headache because you're like, dang, I left the debit card in the other car. Or you have one account and you don't talk about, you know, how the money should be spent and stuff like that. And the one person spends and didn't tell you they were getting ready to spend. And when it's time to come to the table, it's like where all the money went and you got the overdraft situation. That's a headache, right? But I also know married folks who have separate accounts and they take turns paying bills like they're roommates or brothers and sisters or something, right? Uh, a good friend of mine came to me once. He was real stressed. Um, and it was, uh, it was about, he, he says to me, it was his turn to pay the mortgage, 
and he was coming up short. And I was like, what? I was like, I wasn't married at the time. I was like, aren't you married? What, what you mean it's your turn to pay the mortgage, right? Uh, and then that whole resentment thing picks up because he began to recall all the times where he, you know, spotted his wife and paid for this and paid for that and took her out for this and all that. So these arrangements, these 50-50 arrangements, always seem to work right you know it ain't broke don't fix it it's working leave it leave well enough alone and they always seem to work at first but rarely do they make it through or help through the tough times so what's the solution what do i think is the best way to handle this whole joint versus separate account thing and if you didn't catch it already simply it's just to do both and here's why you get all the pros without the cons there's always going to be some cons but <laughs> you get all the pros without the major cons you get a clear view of your financial situation because both you can see what's going on right you say to your spouse i trust you with our finances because there's no secrets there there's no separation there you put your money where your mouth is by being transparent with that information, you drive out all doubt, right? And no more of that wandering and, and, and that uncertainty. And having a joint account will bring you closer together and encourage you to talk about your money, not avoid it. It encourages you to talk about what you want to what you want this money to do for your marriage. And it helps you get on one accord when it comes to the vision you've set out. If you've done that, and if you've not, I encourage you to do that. It also gives you it also gives you your own money to manage, right? With the separate account, right? Your own account to spend however you see fit and it eliminates the competition between y'all. So here's how to do it. Here's how to do it. You can take this or leave it, but here's how to do it. And this is how we do it. And it may be a blessing to you. It's real simple, but it could change your life. But first I need to cover up. There needs to be a, a couple of shifts in mentality, right? That whole I earn this and she earns that that mentality has to be thrown out the window. It's now we earn this no matter who actually physically goes and get it, right? An acquaintance of mine expressed his desire uh, or their desire actually for his wife to leave her job to raise their baby. He likes the idea and she really wants to do this, but she's afraid. She's afraid she won't be able to pull her weight financially. And after talking to him, I see why she's really afraid. His vocabulary is terrible right? It's, well, I make this and she makes that. And if she ain't bringing this in no more, it's going to be hard for her to pull her weight. And I don't know how she's going to pull her weight being at the house and raising a kid and yada, 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 right? It's terrible. They also have separate accounts and they split bills. They have that 50-50 mentality. Now, what do you think the odds are of her ever feeling comfortable enough to really pursue what her heart desires? What if her calling is to be home and raise that baby, but she's too afraid of doing it? And what's crazy is this is something that they both want, right? So that shift needs to happen. No longer is I make this and she makes that or he makes this and I make that. It's we make this no matter who's doing it, right? The second shift is there is no such thing as 50-50 in marriage. Marriage takes 100-100, right? That's what it takes, 100% of what you can do and 100% of what she or he can do, not 50-50, right? This need that we've developed that we have to split everything down the middle has gotten a little out of hand, right? 
it's ridiculous. And I understand there's some people who fought for equal rights and stuff like that. And we're all equal, but we're not the same, right? My wife ain't about to go and take out half the trash or trim half the trees or whatnot, right? She doesn't do 50% of what needs to be done. She does 100% of what needs to be done, and I do the same. We're a team. If you know your spouse is terrible with math and you're like, I don't know, Albert Einstein, right? Don't get mad if you're the one that's helping the kids with the math homework, right? Play to each other's strengths. And remember, you're a team. Be a team player. And you'll both reach the championship, right? Michael Jordan has six rings, six championship rings. You know who else has six rings along with him? Scottie Pippen. You think Scottie's tripping, right? They both got to the ship. Kobe has five rings. You know who else has five rings right along with Kobe? Derek Fisher. Half you listening to this don't even know who Derek Fisher is. The point is, don't give up your rings because you're trying to be fair or divide everything in half, right? Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen didn't take the same amount of shots for a reason, but they both played a vital role in getting their team to their goal, to the championship. So play to your strengths and do it as a team. So with that being said, here's some action steps, right? Every dollar that either one of you brings in, makes or earns, gets deposited into one account. This is the joint account, right? And you don't have to write this down if you're listening on your way to work or whatnot. I'm going to put all this stuff in the show notes. You can find it at yourmoneyright.com. But anyway, so all the money that you get, you bring it in, it goes into the joint account. Direct deposit or however you want to do it. Don't direct deposit into these separate accounts and then try to bring it up into the joint account. Take your income from wherever you get it from, your job or business or whatnot, direct deposit into a joint account. And then once a month or every two weeks or however you want to do it, you and Honey Boo Boo, y'all sit down, get rid of the kids, get rid of distractions, grab yourself a nice beverage of choice, coffee, tea, wine, beer, whatever it is that you do. Pull up the account on the computer and do it together. Now, if you're still old, old school and you do the whole paper statements and stuff like that, I'm going to ask you to kind of step your game up. You're listening to podcasts now. It's 2016. Let's 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 get let's get to where you can get some online access to your account. Right. Because that that paper stuff, it's, you know, save a tree or two. Right. But anyway, pull up the account on the computer and then together you decide what you want and need your money to do for you. Right. And in that. It should include a plan to uh, to give if you plan on giving any money. It should include, you know, how much it's going to go towards your your financial independence. If that's what you're you're shooting after, which I hope you are. Then you talk about your, your living experience expenses, what needs to be paid. What do we have to do uh, between now and when we get paid again? Any prior obligations that need to be paid, any old debt and stuff like that. And, and let me let me say this real quick, too. If you're married. That debt that he or she brought in is your debt now, okay? Stop the tripping. Remember, team, team, T-E-A-M, team. Don't do this whole his and her stuff. Come on, guys. Now, anyway, you talk about what events you may have be coming up that you'll need funds for. You, you want to maybe put some money aside uh, for, for getting better, for, for going out on dates, for buying books, for marriage retreats, you know, things like that. Uh, if you got a vacation coming up, talk about that. Christmas. Y'all, Christmas is not an emergency. We shouldn't be putting Christmas on a credit card. 
right? It comes around every year, the same time. Matter of fact, the same date every year. It's not even like Thanksgiving where nobody knows what Thanksgiving is like. Is it the third Thursday, the second Thursday? Is it on a Friday? You know, Christmas is the same day every year. So if you know, if you know you celebrate it, right? Talk about it. Put money inside for it. It's coming up. If you didn't know, it's coming up. But anyway, <laughs> also, this is probably the most important part when it comes to this particular conversation. Give yourselves some joint money to blow, right? Enjoy your money. Find a way to, 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 to ball with your money. And it may not be much, right? Even if it's just a dollar or $10, whatever it is, put some money aside where, where you and her can, can get out and go blow it, right? Just spend it, spend it, spend it, spend it, however you want to do it, right? If it's $1,000, if you got it like that, do it. If it's $10 because it's all you got, do it. I promise you, me and Johnnell, uh, we've done it like that. We only had like $5, but we found a way to ball, right? We'll, we'll probably talk about that stuff later on. And then the second probably most important thing when it comes to this conversation is you need to decide about how much personal money each of you will give yourselves, right? And ideally, you want this to be equal amounts. This is where the whole equal thing comes in. This is how you prevent the resentment. This is how you guard yourself. But also, this is how you eliminate the competition and, and you eliminate that one person in the family or in the team feeling less than, right? And once you decide on how much personal money each of you get, you take that money, throw that into your separate accounts. Now that just became your money, right? You get to manage that money. You get to blow that money. You can go buy shoes with that money. You can go get that Hawaiian silky with that money. You can do whatever you want with that money. Nobody's going to question you. You don't have any, you don't have anybody to answer to. You can re remain and maintain your independence, right? Because that is now your money. And you can do what you choose to do with it. No more guilty shopping. No more hiding the shoes in the trunk waiting for husband to go to sleep before you bring him in the house, right? You can go do whatever you want to do. And there's peace and maturity in that. And once you and Honey Boo Boo are done making these decisions, you toast. Toast to each other. Toast to new beginnings. Then go make whoopee and watch how your relationship around money just magically changes, right? Go do your thing. And there's really something powerful about sitting down and giving your money orders and giving, your, giving it jobs to do ahead of time. Now, remember, I did not say, because it's important not only to know what to do, but to know what not to do, right? Remember, I did not say sit down with your boo and go over what you spent. You might as well get ready for some from finger pointing and hurt feelings, Okay. Sit down and go over and agree on what you are about to spend. It's a subtle change, but it could change your life. It's done it for, for us. We no longer go over what we spent. Well, we, we go over what we spent, right, because we need to know where the money's gone, but we got systems in place that automatically does that. But what I want you to do is get in the habit of sitting down and assigning your dollars their jobs before they go out. Right. It's like military. Right. You got you got your different branches and you got your different you know, squad. I've never been in the military, but just kind of I'm guessing. Right. But anyway, nobody just sends their, sh their soldiers out without giving them any orders. Right. Have them out there freelancing. And it can get real bad, especially like, you know, 
for those of you who don't know, I'm a firefighter. So when people get out to get the freelancing and don't know what they're supposed to do, that's how people get hurt. That's how people get burned, and that's how things get out of hand. But that's a whole other story. But I want you to do that, right? Don't argue about what you spent. Talk about what you're going to do with your money. Subtle but important distinction, okay? We'll go into the depth on that in another show. But for now, let's recap, right? If you're married, joint accounts are great for marriage but can get you to the next level if you execute it properly, right? Separate accounts are good too, but only after you've talked about what you guys need to do together then agree on how much each of you will have in these separate accounts. And then from there, you can go do what you want to do. If you want to save that money, if you want to spend that money, whatever you want to do, that's when you get your separate accounts, okay? With this, you get the best of both worlds. You get all the clarity you want to desire, you know, and a couple on the same page about money can't be beat, right? And you keep your individuality, you keep your freedom. And what's better than that, right? What's better than that? So, Look, I'm running a little longer than usual. But I'm going to cut it off at that. I hope this was super useful for you. And I hope you enjoyed it, right? And if you kind of having a hard time grasping it, listen to it again and again and again and again. Listen to it till you get it all down, right? Go to the show notes. Take notes if you don't like my show notes, but not while you're driving, okay? Think about it, how it applies to your life, right? Make your decisions. Again, I am not a financial advisor, Right. I am not a financial professional. I am not licensed. I am not regulated by any government bodies. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job that has a wife and children. And we got tired of kind of struggling with things and found a way. Okay. So I just hope that what I have to share and the peace that I have that me and my wife have around money that we can distill it to you. Right. And hopefully you take this and you do it. And if you do plan to implement this, let me know. I love to hear about it. I love to talk about it. Uh, it'll just make my day. And if you have any questions about it, you want to dig into it, man, I'm an open book. Just ask me. Just hit me up on Twitter. It's at Jamar Dupas. That's J-A-R-M-A-R-D-U-P-A-S. Or you can just go over to yourmoneyright.com. And over there, of course, you'll find my uh, all my contact info. And one last tip before I let you go. If you plan on getting your spouse on board, and doing this, because that's always the next challenge, right? How to get my spouse on board. Probably the best way to do that is to have them listen to this episode as well. Trust me on this. I spent years trying to get my wife on board. And that whole saying that familiarity, uh, you know, breeds contempt. Look, he or she knows all about you, right? They know you don't know nothing about no money. So when you come talking to them about money, they don't want to hear, right? So let somebody else do it for you. Trust me on that. You can try if you want to. And if you try, let me know. I want to know. So that's it. If you enjoyed the show and would like to support, please share it. And consider leaving a rating and review over on iTunes. That really helps more than you know. Uh, that helps us get the exposure and kind of get the message and the mission out to everybody else. All the links and references that I talked about, it can be found in the show notes over at yourmoneyright.com under the podcast section. And again, I am the Money Misfit jamar dupas and i truly believe we're not good with money because we don't talk about money and it's time to change that thank you so much for listening and god bless i said we're talking about money, money. 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 money.
seven. 